Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Apollo Audio Podcast. Welcome to the Apollo Audio Podcast. I'm joined by my usual collaborators, Mr. Billy Hills, Mr. Miles Mitchell, me, Martin Lumsden. We are here at Apollo Audio and we are taking a slight deviation from our normal format uh, of the best 500 albums of all time to speak about one that we think maybe, or at least one of us thinks maybe should be classed as one of the 500 albums of all time. So we will do an occasional irregular series of bonuses where we'll pick an album that we would like to discuss that's not on the list. This week, the choice of Billy Hills, which is Billy? White Pony by my favourite band, Deftones. Good stuff. Oh, have you uh, got a little sheet about it as well? Uh, yeah, oh. I've, done, I've done my work. I'm excited. Yes, I've, t- I've, got to treat this, I've got to treat this professionally. <laughs> <laughs> White Pony, Deftones, released 20th of June 2000, is the third studio album by American Alternative Metal. Alternative Metal? Miles? Not metal. New metal. metal. Is it metal. New Metal? Uh, this album they weren't new metal before uh, uh, produced by Terry Date who produced the band's first two albums as well recording sessions took place at Larrabee Sound Studios in West Hollywood and the Plant Recording Studios in Sausalito California that's a great place name isn't it Sausalito mm. where did you record this we did it at Sausalito <laughs> Uh, this marks a significant growth in the band's sound and is considered a turning point in their history in terms of experimentation, incorporating influences from post-hardcore, trip-hop, shoegaze, progressive rock and post-rock into the alternative metal sound for which they had become known. It's their highest-selling album to date. The number one album is S Club 7 and 7. Ouch. Wow. <laughs> uh, the, no, sorry, that was... Wait a minute. You See the Trouble With Me by Black Legend. Who? That's exactly what I thought. What is that? I've no idea. Never heard of it. Probably on the Ron Stone list. <laughs> the number one film was Me, Myself, and Irene. Oh, what film? Uh, Jim Carrey. Love Never him. seen that. That's funny. Uh, on June the 18th, 2000, uh, Tiger Woods won his first US Open by a championship record setting 15 strokes. Ah. Uh, on June the 23rd, the Glastonbury Festival opened. Headliners were the Chemical Brothers, Travis, and David, David Bowie. Bowie. Oh, well that. done. Nice one. <laughs> and on June the 29th, Eminem's mother goes to court claiming defamation of character in a $10 million civil suit because she took exception to the line, my mother smokes more dope than I do from the single my name is. 10 million quid. Yeah, I don't think oh. she got that, did she really? I don't, I don't think so. Uh, so that was uh, happening in 20th of June 2000, which was also the time when this album came out. I have a question for you, Billy. Go how old were you when you first heard this? When I first heard this, well, I have a bit of a weird... Because this is 2000. This is, you're, you're not old in 2000, No, I was four, yeah. three and a half, four. Um, when did it come out again? 2000. 2000. Yeah, but what month? In oh, June. June. So in a, in a few months, at the end of um, 2000, or mid to end of 2000, White Pony came out, which is a massive metal album. Yeah. Uh, Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park which is the fastest selling album of all time apparently like one of is up there ah. and Chocolate Starfish by Limp Bizkit so 
possibly my three favorite albums all came out in that era. So okay. something uh, I think my dad brought up, like I listened to Hybrid Theory loads, like Limp Biscuit was like my second album. This one I didn't really know about until I watched like on Kerrang. And my first um, impression was Deftones like why have they got a singer in the band that can't sing? Like I, I could not <laughs> understand. Like I thought the music was great, and then I was like, "What is he doing?" I couldn't yeah. really get it. And then, but it's that sort of thing where it's happened with uh, the streets. I couldn't understand why he was just talking over music, smashing pumpkins. I thought he couldn't sing either. But it makes me sort of more interested in it, and I've had to sort of like fight to like them. Yeah. And now I sort of get it where he just does. His vocals are so like ethereal, and he hits notes that you wouldn't re- usually hit that are you think are out of tune. But it just suits the music so well. Yeah. Um, so I got massively into them when they released Diamond Eyes, which was in 2011, and it made me go back on right. the catalogue. And this was um, this is like the number one album. Right. So you went, you had it, heard the later stuff and went backwards yeah. to rediscover. Yeah. And was it, was... it wasn't in the house though. They used to, you sent about your your dad, but um, no, no, this, no. Is, this is not being played when you're young. No, not you found this later. Right. I've heard on like because new metal was like my uh, was probably still one of my favourite genres, and back to school. Uh, which is a bit of a controversial point on this album, um, was always like the number one new metal uh, song mm. on Kerrang! when they did like countdowns and magazines, um, which is not actually on the original album, but they, because apparently this album didn't really have a hit single, so they made them go and do like a limited edition one with right. uh, Back to School on it. And so I've known of them and that chorus is so weird. The last track on this album, Pink Maggot, that was the original Back to School song. At the end, you can hear the chorus of the song. Um, so they sort of went back and did that. Right. But um, yeah, I wasn't always a fan and now they're like my favourite band. I've got a tattoo of them and everything. <coughs> yeah. Do of, love the, them. of the White Pony. Of the, of the White Pony itself. Yeah. And th- there's a few tracks on here like, it's again, it's one of my favourite albums, but again, when I first heard it, it's like, what's the opening track? I don't even know how you say that. Feast of Tira and stuff like that. And yeah. Pete Maggot, it's like, again, I couldn't get into it, but with time, I sort of understand it now. Yeah. But what I was first drawn to was my first uh, track I love of them was Change in the House of Flies, which is the main hit single. Yeah. I think you'd like Teenager, which is a bit trip-hoppy. Um, but they're that band. They're so... If you listen to their first two albums, it's so heavy, so in your face. Um, and this one, they've they've gone such in the other direction with like Digital Bath and Teenager and, and other stuff like that, but they've still kept it with tracks like Korea, which is still like really, really heavy. So that's why I like it. There's there's a bit of a through line with it, but they've gone in such mad different directions, which I love about this sort of music. Yeah. Is they draw in so many influences. Chino Marino, the vocalist, is such a massive like eighties British fan. He loves um Duran Duran, stuff like the, the Cure. Good choice. I think, I think you can hear influences in his vocals. <laughs> yeah, more Again, the Cure than the than the Duran Duran yeah. on this, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And um I think they're like in some parts they're like shoegazy, like like dreamy music, dream metal, like where it goes into that sort of like soundscape, and um, that's why I love them. Take me to a sort of like so, different place. If we get you off the fence for a minute, what do you really think? <laughs> <laughs> do love it. <laughs> it's like no, I'm sort of, Philly's quite often on the albums we do on the list. He's like, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Miles, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's um, like, oh, it was good. I like that. <laughs> no, why did good. you Why did you pick this? Oh yeah, you like it. Okay, okay. do love it. Um, <laughs> But yes, yeah, I sort of had to fight to like it, and yeah. I've sort of like earned the right to like it. I think, yeah, it's yeah, good. that's quite that's quite interesting. You see, I, I know what you mean. There's kind of things that I can't get on with it, and then it becomes your favourite. Yeah. The, the things that are less instantaneous sometimes become yeah. the things that last longest. Yeah, yeah. What do you reckon? Fasc- fascinating. Uh, I, it was a, a really enjoyable experience to to, to pick this up. I, I 
said, I think before we started recording, I hadn't, uh, I'd been listening to albums from our uh, 500 list uh, prior to, to listening to this. And it was a bit of a relief from that, I suppose. Mm. Maybe just to have something that wasn't on the list as a kind of a, oh, that's a nice uh, thing to be able to do and know that it was uh, someone else's favourite. I think I've mentioned before about Deftones, uh, uh, whether when we were recording or just personally, they're an, they're an artist that's come up regularly for me when I've been producing bands who have said, you know, we, we want that sort of Deftones mm. sound. Mm. That's what we're after. And I need to <laughs> embarrassingly acknowledge that quite often I've skipped over that because they'll have given me a list of maybe two, three, four bands that they're um, uh, thinking of uh, as sort of reference material. And I'll know the other three. Mm. So I'll, I'll kind of know, well, I know where you're coming from. And yeah. I've therefore gone, well, I think I know what Deftones must sound like then because of the other three that you've mm. mentioned without having really gone and listened to any Deftones stuff. So it was good to listen to this, actually, and not knowing what to expect. I, I have a slightly awkward um, relationship with metal, anything that says metal in it. Mm. <laughs> I'm almost immediately going, ow, fuck. Yeah. Uh, but this... I don't know. I, I I probably wouldn't have described it as metal at all, and I guess maybe that's the thing about new metal is it isn't really what I think mm. of as as metal. And certainly, listening to it, I was thinking more along the lines of Smashing Pumpkins, mm. Nine Inch Nails, mm. that sort of thing, which are things that I like anyway. So I suppose surprised I didn't know any of this. It, nothing really sounded no. familiar, and I'm surprised that I didn't recognise anything at all. Mm. So I thought I might know something. Oh, yeah, I've, I've heard that track before, but nothing of it sounded familiar. And yet it all did sound familiar because of those uh, other references that, yeah. that I've mentioned. So, yeah, I, I found it really enjoyable, really nice variety of the tracks as well. Yeah. Like it wasn't all sort of full on 100% smash in the face stuff. Well, the other two albums were. Yeah, more, I sort of like, pick, picked that up from yeah. what I'd read about it. So I really liked the dynamics of it and the space in it. One of the things that really stuck out for me was again, listening maybe with a slightly more of a producer's ear, I was thinking, these drums and the bass sound brilliant mm. on this. You know, not, not, the guitars and things didn't stick out as much. I know we spoke before when we talked about Smashing Pumpkins about the layered guitars. Mm. This felt more spacious mm. to me. It's and I really th- love the drum sound overall. Things like kick and snare are always yeah. kind of standing out. But the actual overall... I don't know, just the the depth of the drum sound really yeah. appealed to me mm. uh, and its combination with the bass. Really it's, enjoyed it's the first to. album as well where Chino's played guitar mm. and that called, like, caused friction in the band. If you've, like, Stephen Carpenter, the um, the original guitarist, he's um, he writes all the heavy stuff. So that was this sort of like a, the heavier songs are obviously Stephen's and, and they've sort of like clashed and created this album, which has turned out to be amazing, isn't it? And I listened to, well, it must be the special edition version because I was asking you about this. So they had the... Um, the first track, I forget. Back to school. Back to school was the first track on the on the version I listened to, and it wasn't sort of noticeably tagged on. I know that was sort of the discussion about mm. it had been enforced that they added yeah. that extra track on, but it didn't sound tagged on um, to me. Sort of fitted, I suppose. The but band yeah. don't actually like that song because I was that sort of made to do it. Yeah, and, yeah, and I yeah. can understand that, but yeah. yeah, I didn't. I obviously didn't kind of have a kind of a what's this doing here. Yeah. I didn't have that reaction with it. Did you? Um, did I knife party? I thought you'd like yeah. that one with the uh, the female vocal in that middle eight. Yeah, she's like screaming. I think that's so cool. Yeah, there was lo- lots of really uh, lots to like on this, and I'd say I think maybe because it did remind me of things like the Cure, Smashing Pumpkins, Nine Inch Nails. Although curiously, Smashing Pumpkins, I've never really got on with that much, even though I kind of yeah. like um, some of their stuff. But I thought I like this. 
possibly more. What was the Smashing Pumpkins we album? We Siamese uh, Dream. Uh, Siamese Dream. I think I liked this more uh, on the first listen. Mm. And it felt like an album that I could really get on with. Funnily enough, you saying like you spend a bit more time with it. I thought if I spend more time with this album, I think I'll like it more mm. the more I listen to it. Mm. Nice to have that experience. I go, and even nicer now, I kind of heard you sort of rhapsodizing about yeah, how yeah. good it is. Waxing and I was, and I, yeah, and I was thinking how good it is to have a thing like, you know, we're doing the 500 um, greatest albums of all time list. Partly is a good, a good introduction to some albums that you might never have listened to because of that list. But what's even better is when you've got a mate or someone you know mm. who says, you've got to check this album yeah. out, I fucking love it. Mm. <laughs> That's you get in, and you get introduced to something that you wouldn't necessarily have listened to and then it becomes one of your favourites mm. as well. That's what I've sort of realised about the list is like, not to be like edgy or stuff like that, I don't really, I'm not massively into like pop music. Like if you look back to the 70s, then you're going to think of like David Bowie, you think of like Bob Dylan and stuff like that. But if I was around at the time, there's going to be some like, maybe like niche bands that I'm sort of into, but they're not going to be on any list or stuff like that. I don't think this will be on maybe any like popular list. Mm. But when you look back on the 2000s, but I know loads and loads of bands. I'm a massive like Naughties fan because I sort of grew up in that era and I know that, but they're not going to be on any like top 500 lists and that's why I think I say yeah. I don't like 70s stuff although I don't like the pop 70s stuff that I've sort of heard although I was going to say bearing in mind I've already said I get mentioned Deftones regularly as a reference mm. for uh, for bands maybe you do this uh, list again in another 10 years time the Deftones start popping up because mm. they've found their place in, yeah. that, in that sort of They're cult, so cultural reference because sort of you can get with metal especially if you don't really listen to it they can all just sound the same you're like shout and stuff like that but they're so original what they do and they've sort of, there's been a sort of like resurgence on like they've become sort of like a meme like YouTube thing like when you listen to Deftone it's come to like this like dreamscape sort of thing um, so there's definitely a resurgence now bands want it to sound like them Me Miles yeah I mean I think you both know I wouldn't say metal's my sort of go-to genre of choice but that being said I have a very good friend of mine who I produce a, or I used to produce a lot of music with, and he was a massive, uh, massively into his metal. Is it me? Uh, no, that was you. <laughs> came you came in, but you know, he was, um, and he kind of got me to appreciate it. I think the worst thing anyone can do when they talk about metal is just actually what Billy kind of just did, but it's, is when they sort of say, oh, "I was just scream music, aggressive, and they all sound the same." It all sounds the same because it's actually it's, it, it's. I mean, you would be a pioneer for this even more, but it, it's. Uh, actually really intricate it's so complex and it, and, yeah. and and very musical yeah and it deserves a lot of respect for what they're doing you know my, my friend sam does all the double pedal stuff and i watched him at a gig and it was online and i was it's unbelievable his drumming style so yeah so so i wanted to say that first it's not my go-to mm. but this was an interesting album for me because obviously we're 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 with the podcast we review a lot of albums and I'd actually say out of everything we've reviewed I'd say this sort of went across the most like subgenres within metal mm. um, you know I was thinking it'd be a really interesting gig to go to to see the eclectic mix of of, of fans you, you, you're going to get sort of metal fans but then there's sort of a, definitely sort of a hip hoppy sort of uh, feel to it yes mm. um, not hip hop as you know it but certainly trip hop sort of mm. vibe um, and I think Chino's vocals I wrote here he raps he does like moody ethereal vocals there's like some melodic sort of sing along vocals and then there's obviously you know some screaming stuff it's like how many albums can you say that where the vocalist 
you know, goes across. I think we said once in a thing, you look at artists like Prince who went from chess voice to mm. falsetto on, on songs, but this guy really experiments with his voice and I think that's commendable. Yeah. Um, and plays guitar on it as well. And plays guitar. And I think it's a bit of something for everybody here. Mm. Like it's, you can put that first track on and you think, okay, I know what the sort of vibe's mm. going to be, but then actually... That's, you, what, that's probably my least favourite track on the album as well, the first one. You go I down, don't think it's the best intro to it. Yeah, and but then you go down to Digital Bath... Great song, starts with like that syncopated drum beat yeah. and, or, and oh it gets heavier as it goes on but oh that's interesting his that's... vocals on that when he hits that falsetto as well yeah, big, yeah. Um, which I thought was good um, I liked Elite but that was more yeah. sort of of your sort of straight up sort of metal mm. like scream mm. what do you say screamo or screaming whatever yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Teenager yeah I put here that was my favourite trip hop massive attack vibes mm. 100% um I thought his vocals sounded like you and I thought Alter Billy sounded like him. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, can see where you get your style of singing from. Film score, I was like, this could like, mm. you know, this is, is great. Um, and not heavy at all. Like, no. just, like you say, dreamy. I think it sums it up quite well. Ethereal, dreamy. Um, yeah, I wouldn't expect that to be on the album after you listen to the opening tune. Mm. Um, and then the change, yeah. it's change and then in brackets, something. In the House of Flies. Yeah was also amazing. I thought it opened with that same sort of like ethereal sort of yeah. trippy vibe and got heavier. Because um, they've got a turntablist as well who does all their like um, sampling and all that. Right, okay. And they got him in on this album officially. And yeah, and same with the Pink Maggot. It was like dreamy vocals and things. But yeah, I, th I thought that, yeah, my overall feeling is you would always be wrong to pigeonhole and I think it happens the most probably in metal, more than any other genres. It gets pigeonholed. And I'm saying this as someone who's, I wouldn't say I'm a metal fan, but I can appreciate it. It gets pigeonholed as like, mm, it all sounds the same. It's so loud and, you know, you can't really hear what the guitars are. It's just noise and it's scream. But, but I think this is testament to quite the opposite, actually. Like this is, there has metal in it, but it really experiments with so many different genres as well. And like I say, I was genuinely like a smile on my face. Thinking, this would be an interesting gig to go to, to see mm. the eclectic mix of people bringing together so many different genres. Oh, I love that tune. Well, I love that tune. And I think more than ever, um, yeah, good, 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 good for them. I can so see why it's your favorite album. And, uh, I think if anyone ever wants to try and get into metal and experiment with it, this would be a great mm. starting place because it's palatable. Mm. I think it's far more palatable than a lot of metal stuff. And um, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. That's uh, it's such a weird point in time as well, because that noughties, like early 2000s, metal was like the biggest genre on the planet. Yeah. Like number one albums everywhere. Yeah. Limp Bizkit, Lincoln Park were. But they, such so, a time so, for it. But so, they sort of came away from it. They didn't want to be in that pigeonhole. Right. That's what made... Deftones to this day are still doing like new new stuff. They're still like doing big gigs like Limbiscuit and stuff like that they're trying to still do new metal stuff they they didn't want to be in that bracket and they still changed their sound so who who do you reckon because I said the the link to sort of hip hop and I, I talk about this they were the, the first couple albums they're very yeah. hip hop they and rap and things because yeah. then Limbiscuit Limb obviously jumps on that like mm. uh, to be their thing but would they, were these guys the first no no uh, you've got I don't know who else is that Corn and stuff like that uh, were right, as well yeah 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 so it's loads of bands that was doing it. It's quite a crazy mixed blend of genres, that, yeah. isn't it? But I think it works. That's why I love 100%. it. That's, they're literally my two favourite genres, metal and hip-hop. 
and I love them both separately when they come together things a bit cringe nowadays people trying to do it hasn't sort of worked I think it w- was very much of his time any examples what of new bands yeah. trying to do it oh, they're not they're not that big so oh, fine bands trying to do it now I think there is a resurgence there's like there's like new new metal where I think Bring Me The Horizon have said they were under that sort of stuff mm. where like rap and rock's been done for like Rage Against the Machine yeah like Red Hot Chili Peppers well you wouldn't say they're new metal they're no, sort of like the ohms. Like, they're yeah. like more rock. Yeah, yeah. But I do love it. Yeah, it's great. But um, but yeah, I mean, he didn't. I think he only raps on one of them, and it's not. It, it's it's very sort of. I can't remember what song it was, yeah. but um, yeah, I was like, oh god, yeah, this is this is a whole genre. Like, mm. obviously, my go-to th- thing is, is is like Limp Biscuit mm. in terms of. But but yeah, it's, it's an interesting merge of sort of two genres that mm. and i can see yeah to, for me at, at that time i was thinking about this i was like i wasn't sort of into this music i think i could have been because i was playing mm. guitar and things or i was starting to learn guitar but i was learning <laughs> more cheesy singer songwriting mm. stuff but it, i was into sort of like eminem and stuff at this yeah. time and, and and but actually there's almost like more of a crossover than you think yeah isn't there yeah definitely um so that's what i like about like metal especially it's just there is no like sort of boundary that you can go in that way, and I do think the fans do like that sort of stuff. Definitely, and I think I showed you a song. There's a song by Twelve Foot uh, Twelve Foot Ninja, and they go into like a scar section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just like yeah, that's wicked. There's yeah. no yeah. like it's not verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge or whatever. Yeah, you have about eighteen different parts. It, it really does yeah. experiment metal, doesn't it? There was a band, a, a local band. I don't know if you remember. It's called Her Words Kill. Did you ever? Did you? No. They were from St Albans, and they were metal. Well, I think they were. I hope I'm not doing them a disvert service. They were metal. They played a lot of Alpine Club in St Albans, mm. if you haven't went there. And they had a guy who's still singing now as an R&B singer called Luke yeah. Pickett. This guy has an unbelievable voice. Mm. And so what they did, which, as I say, I don't know the genre that well, so I don't know if this was completely original, but it sounded it. It was like real heavy. And then he would sing the choruses with this beautiful like falsetto mm. pop vocal. Mm. And it was... The weirdest blend because you're all these like metal like rockers like and then the loving his, him mm. him him come through with these with these choruses mm. and I thought this works and I suppose the same with rap and it's like metal and heavy rock is actually everyone thinks it's a particular lane but like you just said as well with that tune you showed me you can actually throw in so many yeah. different other genres to experiment well, with. I th- if you love metal you like you do love music. You're not like, if you're like a casual music fan, then you might just listen to your radio. And I don't, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But if you're into metal, then you really, really, you're into your music, don't you? You don't just yeah. find it. It's quite, you have to go find it. Yeah. It's not going to be on the TV as yeah. much or just on the radio. You have to go do it. So I think people do love, if you love metal, you love all sorts of music. You like hip hop. Yeah. You, like, you quite like your pop stuff and stuff yeah. like that. A good song is a good song, isn't it? So Yeah, but the landscape of the industry at this point was obviously quite hilarious in comparison to it. Because mm. it was literally like, the, the 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 not the birth but the uh, Max Martin years wasn't it? It was sort of the Britney Spears, mm. Chris, sure about that same year. But there, there were some boys. big commercial successes in this sort of genre. But I feel like more as sort of one-off hit tracks rather than yeah. bands becoming you know sort of yeah. Huge. That's so what I mean. Got, I'm you just w- thinking I might have yeah. my timings wrong, but the sort of Evanescence sort mm. of he's in that sort of ballpark, isn't it? Sort of got that melodic rock feel. That's maybe the sort of 
the slightly more commercially acceptable end. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not quite as, it's, it's a gateway in, but it's not quite We've as We've still cha- got massive bands, quite System of a Down, the weirdest band on the planet, and they're still massive. They're still selling out like Wembley Arena and stuff like that. Corner um, still doing the same. Linkin Park, probably one of the biggest out of it. And they're more like heritage bands nowadays. I don't think people go listen to their new sort of music. Mm. They're but, known for these couple albums yeah, around that sort of time. But my point was these sort of bands, they're, they're, they're going up against in, in, in sort of popular culture. Um, you know, what I'm saying, if, the, if, if this genre was maybe experimented with in like early 90s, 80s, mm. would we have seen it had to have more commercial success? Because they were going up against the bubblegum pop era, yeah. which dominated, right? Mm. So These are different charts. They're different people, isn't it? Different charts. It's, ra- it's radio play. It's all sorts of different reasons why you've got sure, the, but the Max if- Martin pop charts versus the I'm in a band rock chart. Sure, but if this was sort of... 10 years earlier. Singles buyers versus album buyers, if you like. But if this was 10 years earlier, or even in the 80s, this sort of um, this sort of music, you know, would it have had more uh, commercial I don't think it would come about, though, because the, the hip-hop wasn't... Like, it we was, listened to... Like, the, the hip-hop wasn't the same as it was in, like, the late 80s as it was the late 90s, was it? Yeah, but we did recently, didn't we? I mean, we there was a few... Uh, we had De La Soul and Tribe Called Quest. I mean, if you think if people were putting together a bit of rap and yeah. and uh, rock back then, would it have been even more? Because I think, I don't know, the way I saw commercial charts going, the, the really early noughties and the thing, it just went straight up, just bu- just bubblegum cheese, mm. didn't it? Uh, Britney and Backstreet Boys and stuff. And, and these bands almost were sidelined, where I think maybe in a different era, maybe they would but have I think been. That, or is that just may- the things you remember? Or maybe it was a fight against it. You've got these bubblegum pop bands, but I'm sick of that. Let's go write something really heavy. And you've got yeah. Yeah. two dividing fans then. So it maybe goes hand in hand. There's sort yeah. of like a fight against it. You've got Slipknot, who's got like a number one album about, out back then as well. And they're still yeah. a massive band headlining and stuff like that. Yeah. But I like Mar- it was kind of on Martin's point. Was it, was it just big singles or, or were these bands... Hybrid 3 is still in like the top 30 albums of all time. Oh, right. Which okay. is a metal album. Chocolate Starfish was the had the fastest week of like I think they sold like a quarter of a million in like a day or something like that. Well, that Limb Biscuit tune was huge. That was rolling. Like, yeah. Rolling was yeah. like a huge number one, yeah. wasn't it? I remember watching that on the music channel. Like, just... It will never happen again. It was such an obvious time stuff like that. Yeah, but he was in with Britney Spears and like Christian Aguilera. They was like that. He was like the number one celebrity at the time. Fred it was Durst. All that MTV era, even yeah. like the Eminem and Fred Durst and that were mm. making fun of Aguilera and uh, Britney mm. Spears, weren't they, in their in their videos and mm. stuff? Is this the sort of music that people who are building bands, forming bands now, wanting to play music? Is this the sort of stuff that's influenced them? Because I find that the sort of, rather than maybe sort of someone who's a singer-songwriter or a you know, pop artist or something like that, but you know, those people that want to pick up a guitar, get a drummer and a bass player and say, let's get in a band, mm-hmm. is this the sort of stuff that they're doing? Because I kind of find that to be true. I think so. Definitely my generation. are in this sort of genre or at least influenced by this sort of genre in the same way that maybe 20 years ago they all wanted to be in punk influenced bands yeah that now this is the thing that's kind of yeah i think I th- definitely if i want to be in a band is like definitely think there's a bit of a bit of resurgence yeah yeah because it's my generation that grew up with this new metal stuff yeah who've started playing guitar and it's sort of become massive again and bands are going to start playing this sort of stuff live again yeah so i definitely think so yeah it all comes in cycles doesn't it yeah, that's what I was thinking. Those, those are your heroes, whereas, you know, the, in previous generations, your heroes might have been the Keith Richards, Mick Jagger, or the uh, Lennon McCartney, or then the John Bonham, Robert Plant. Yeah. 
you know, those are your sort of touchstones. Yeah. Oh, I want to be in a band like that, and it's the previous generation. It feels like that's I, what's happening now. I don't think there's room for it because hip hop is like the biggest thing that's ever been. It's like the biggest thing on the planet at the moment. I just think if it's done right, it could work, but it hasn't been done well in recent times, really. That new metal crossover, it's got to be something different. It can't just be the same because it is looked back on as if you didn't like it, you hated it. Like it was very, like, a bit cheese. Like, yeah, I'm interested in some something you said because I, I feel like this is true and I may be imagining it, but I feel like there's some truth in it. That people who are really into music, this may be their sort of formative, like, mm. I, certainly currently, kind of this is the sort of thing that they got into when they were kids 1920 mm. whatever but it feels to me like a lot of people who are into this sort of stuff will then expand their musical horizons into lots of other things as well Definitely. and get into different genres and mm. listen to lots of different music and lots of different things and maybe even start playing different things and it feels to me and, and this may be a kind of just off the top of my head observation but it feels to me that's more true for people who get into sort of the new metal and, and things like that, than someone who initially gets into, say, something like, you know, just straight pop music or yeah, singer-songwriter or the admire Ed Sheeran, that they kind of follow that path yeah. and they want to be, well, that's me, I'm going to yeah. be man with the guitar for the rest yeah. of my career. And yet those people who get into this sort of uh, band culture, new metal thing, will go, no, now, now I listen to jazz and now mm. I listen to... Mm. Uh, I don't know Bob Dylan and the Beatles and yeah. Led Zeppelin and all sorts of because it's such uh, a, all it, sorts of things. It's a, it's a fusion genre, so you do you love a little bit of everything and you bring it together and you can yeah. go in that sort of direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. So yeah, I liked it. Would you rate it? <laughs> Are you still rating these ones? <laughs> yeah, I think we should we should rate it because yeah. it might it might find its way onto our uh, <laughs> give it a three end of end of term. End of term list. You're giving it a three. <laughs> That's a one. It's kind of, why are we doing this? Hey, no, come on. <laughs> Jonathan Dick of NPR Music retrospectively praised the album as a watershed moment, uh, not only in regards to the Deftones sound, but also more generally to heavy and experimental music in the new millennium, describing the album as signalling not only a change for the band, but a new trajectory for heavy and experimental music entering the 21st century. So. It's uh, stuck around. Yes, scores on the doors. Five. Should we go, 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 a straight up five from Billy. I don't think that's any surprise. I'll go surprise. for a solid three. A solid three. If you're into this thing, check it out. That's a two. You keep What's doing three that. again? <laughs> <laughs> worth you a listen. Do, yeah, definitely. Worth, yeah, a listen. worth a listen, yeah. For all yeah, the yeah. reasons I said, the experimental <laughs> side of things. What's a four? <laughs> definitely. <laughs> worth a listen. Four. <laughs> What is four? Well, let's let's just say that a four is in between a three and a five. <laughs> a five is this is a great album. A three is it's worth a listen. A four is kind of somewhere in the in the middle of yeah. It's like it's it's almost a, it's almost indispensable, but not nearly a four. But I'll go three for perfect. Yeah, I'll go three. Three three makes sense. I'm going for I'm going for a, a four because um, I've been swayed by that partly that they are they are, I like it and also by the sort of I say the the formative element. Mm. of it as well there's nothing in this that would put you off even if you were like sort of I'm not I'm not totally in this genre I'd still go yeah but forget that Mm. (laughs) (laughs) this is just listen to it it's a good Mm. album yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah I'm gonna hit it up with a four partly just to keep that 12 just to keep Billy happy partly 12 yeah as a 12 yeah good good hear our brains working that was terrible what is 5 plus 4 plus 3 is it <laughs> good, well done. Well, that puts it quite high up on our overall list, so good choice, uh, clearly. Uh, and we will come back with more of these extra special bonus episodes with our um, 
non-randomly selected albums in the future. Thanks for joining us. Thank Do you. all the uh, like and subscribe and leave us a rating. Join us again for another episode of the Apollo Audio Podcast very, very soon. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.